0: Hey folks, welcome to episode number six of our Machinery Pete podcast. This episode brought to you by our sponsors at Case IH. Definitely stop and talk to your local Case IH dealer. Check out all their products and services they have that can help you uh, farm better. Now today's episode, I know you're going to enjoy it folks. It's on the topic of a barn find tractor. And I've noticed the last 10 years or so, in particular on television or our YouTube videos or social media, whenever I do a story on a barn find tractor... I can feel people leaning in. There's so much interest in these because there's always a great story behind it. What's the scoop on that? Why? Why was it sitting for 10, 20 years, 40 years, whatever? Now, normally when I do a barn find tractor story, it's you know it's an antique tractor. Well, today's story it ain't an antique. It's a it's a Deere 55 series, a 1990 model, down in Texas, and this is a family owned barn find tractor story. And you want to talk low hours, folks? Stay tuned because this is an amazing tractor. Now, before we get into the story, uh, last episode we introduced a new feature, uh, you know, Pete's feature tractor of the episode. And we kicked it off last, last episode with a case IH7110 Magnum. Of course, a lot of love for those late 80s, early 90s uh, iconic tractors. And today, our feature tractor, which you'll understand why I picked this in a minute, but it's the John Deere 4955. Now, if you want more uh, background info on this model or any model of tractor folks, go to machinerypeat.com and click on tractor specs. And there, you can click on 4955 deer. you'll see they made it from 89 to 91, very popular model series, that 55 series. And if we talk about what's been happening on the auction market, well, so far this year the average auction price $27,869. And that's actually up from last year's average of 24637 Now, I've seen quite a variety of 4955 sold this year at auction condition-wise. I've seen them as high as 71000 and we'll talk about that one in a, more in a minute, and then down as low as 12600 which, you know, we know everything's not shiny out there, and that's A-OK. Now, that one at 71000 that was interesting. That was February 23rd of 2019, a farm auction in St. Mary's, Ohio. And Tom Robbins was the auctioneer on that sale. And they had a beautiful 89 model, 49.55 mechanical front, 2,225 hours on it, sold for 71,000 bucks. And that's the highest auction price I'd seen on a 49.55 in five and a half years, almost right on the dot. And you actually had to go all the way back to August 28th of 13, uh, Humboldt, Iowa, farm auction by Ryerson Auction and Realty. My friends down there, Gene and Mike and Deb, great folks. On that day, they sold a 91 model, 4,955 mechanical front, 5,440 hours, again, 71K. Now, actually, that price point, 71K, that's the second highest ever at auction on a 4,955. The highest price? Well, got to go back earlier that month of August 8th of 13 in Bird Island, Minnesota, a farm auction by my good friends at Henslin Auctions Incorporated. Just won't find better folks in the auction industry than Allen and Ladon Henslin. just great people. On that sale, they sold a ninety model forty nine fifty five mechanical forty four hundred thirty six hours for seventy seven K. So that's still the record highest price that I've ever seen. Now if we switch gears and talk retail, if you go to machinerypeat.com right now, the current average dealer ad price on a John Deere forty nine fifty five is thirty seven thousand five hundred and sixty five bucks. And I've got this thing you've maybe heard me talk about. It's called our Machine Repeat Ratio. It's pretty simple. It's just the average auction price divided by the average dealer ad price. If you do that on a John Deere 49.55 right now, it comes out to 74.2%, which is right smack bullseye where it should be on the 16 years I've been compiling this data. The ratio historically runs in that 71 to 76% range. So that's what I've seen with 49.55s now. Before we get into this story of this barn find 49.55 from Texas, I just got to give you a heads up, folks. We've got a special event. It starts tomorrow, October 17th, runs through the end of the month, the 31st, Halloween. It's our Machine Repeat Price Slasher Sale event. So, this is with our dealer partners and friends all around the country. And they've got some equipment they got to move. So, they are offering some deep discounts, some real deals here, folks. So go to MachineryPete.com sale and you can check out all these listings. Um, last I looked, we were pushing towards 300 items, a great variety of equipment. So some real deals here. Again, runs through the end of the month, MachineryPete.com sale. But now, let's get into the story of this barn find John Deere 4955 tractor from Texas. We plant corn in Iowa, spray soybeans in Illinois, We pull calves in Kansas, farrow hogs in Minnesota.
1: We raise rice in Arkansas, rye in Canada, and wheat everywhere in between. We
0: We farm farm millions millions of acres across across North North America America
1: and build every piece of Case IH equipment. Built by farmers for farmers. Case IH, rethink productivity.
0: All right, folks, I want to welcome our guest to uh, the podcast today, Larry Holly from Brookings, South Dakota. Larry. Thanks for uh, thanks for being on, joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: And I, I need to thank you, Larry, for reaching out. Uh, gosh, a number of weeks ago here. It's it's been so fun talking to you, learning the story of your father Joe's 1990 John Deere 4955 two wheel drive tractor, 958 hours. Kind of almost like a family barn find down where you grew up in West Texas, Larry. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you pick up the story for us?
1: Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I feel the same. Um, a, a barn find. I feel that it is. Um, this uh, forty nine fifty five uh, was purchased uh, by my dad in uh, December December twenty seventh of nineteen ninety on advice uh, from his tax accountant. He needed to spend some money that year. Sure. And uh, I I remember him telling me about it and. I asked him, did he really need it? And he said, well, he wasn't sure, but he was looking at it. And I talked to a couple of other people here since uh, of recent, and they said, yeah, they didn't think he needed it at that time. But anyway, um, he ended up buying this uh, 4955 and uh, in Waco, Texas, at a John Deere local John Deere dealership there. So your and dad
0: they, at the time, now we should uh, tell folks uh, later, that your dad, Joe, passed away in 2015?
1: Yes, yeah, at- correct. He was ninety. Um, ninety years old. Yep. Okay. Um, from 1924 uh, uh, to 2015. Okay. And, uh, so he was a good, good run. Ninety years old.
0: Trying to figure out. So that would have been uh, how old was he? Like uh, when he bought the 4955? That would have been.
1: Um. So you're uh, looking at uh, what? 25 years off. Sixty-five so years old. Sixty-five years. Okay.
0: Okay. And uh the farm where you grew up it was in West Tex West Texas?
1: Yes. Uh West Texas, uh, about 70 miles south of Dallas, uh located on I-35. So that's actually
0: miles. Actually the name of the town is West.
1: Yes, it was named after our our uh, postmaster T.M. West or Thomas West.
0: Oh, be darn. How big a town is West Texas?
1: You know, it's uh around 2800 people,
0: 2900 okay. people. Nice. So, okay, Dad bought the track. 65 years old. He buys it for tax purposes in 1990. Um, he passed in 15, but when did he retire from farming, Larry?
1: Yes, he he retired, it uh, would have been uh, mid-90s. Okay. So uh, it was in the operation for basically uh, maybe four years.
0: Okay. Do you know how, how Dad used it did, mm-hmm. over those couple years?
1: Uh yes. Um he uh, he used it uh, uh using a eight row uh rear mounted John Deere planter. Okay. Uh, uh one of his inventions, it was a V Wing style that he invented and uh he liked that. And uh it was a eight row rig for, uh, for for uh conventional tillage farming. Okay. Uh, it was it was pre uh, pre the minimum till and pre uh, no till in that area. Oh, and cool. uh and then uh, used a uh, he pulled a uh, field cultivator with uh, an anhydrous tank uh, saddled to the front and one on the rear of the plow. Okay. So he did a little bit of field cultivating and some planting. Yep. Okay.
0: So now you, Larry, and your siblings now uh, four years after Dad passed, you, and when you reached out to me, you sort of mentioned you're thinking of maybe selling it, uh, different routes. But uh, you mentioned that you think the thing hadn't been started since '06. Was that correct?
1: Uh, correct. Um, be, uh, 13 years, uh, since it was, um, started. Um, but to, to answer the first part of the question, yeah, uh, we, the families would like to sell the tractor, the estate would like to sell the tractor. Sure. How we're going to go about this, uh, I'm not sure just exactly if it'll go uh, toward auction or right. if we'll entertain a, a private buyer, but right. then moving forward, um, uh, the tractor sat barn kept for, uh, 13 years and uh, it, uh, it was just there collecting dust I guess mm. is what you could say wow. and uh, we were looking at selling it and I had a couple of folks that were interested in uh, in buying it but they were asking questions of me that I couldn't answer and uh, I, I didn't I wasn't going to embellish or, or right. stretch it it's, it just wasn't worth it because I just couldn't answer the question so what we decided as a family. To uh, take the uh, tractor into the local John Deere dealership and have it serviced and maintenance, and uh, have them take a look at it and do whatever was necessary to bring the tractor to field grade or sure. operating speed, sure. and then uh, remove any question or conjecture that there would be from a prospective buyer that everything was uh, in working order, solid, and ready to go. Right.
0: So I understand and we talked through this on when you reached out to me Larry and it's been interesting to follow your your uh, experience here now you took it into the dealer and I understand you got some some kind of wide open eyes like my goodness look at this I I can only imagine folks seeing a 4955 original under 1000 hours that must have been kind of interesting huh
1: Oh yeah you know uh it's uh, kind of recollecting back to it, uh, there were a, a lot of comments uh, that I received from uh, the folks there in customer service, uh, from mechanics, and uh, from the sales force, and um, and from a previous owner of the dealership, they were just, they were amazed at the condition of the tractor. Uh, amazed to see that a 1990 John Deere coming in with this type of hours, 958 hours, and in the condition that it was in, it was just amazing mm-hmm. to them that uh, there was no use on it, basically.
0: <clears throat> now, I know Larry, and I'll share this, and folks, Larry sent me some amazing video. We'll put out a Machinery repeat YouTube video so you can get a visual look at this tractor. It's, it's so cool. But you have all kinds of documentation and history on the tractor, which I love. And I, I know that's, I'm telling you, Larry, that's really important stuff. Now, do you, I'm trying to remember the, do you remember what dealership? Your dad bought it from back in the day in 1990
1: in Texas, sir? Uh, yes. Uh, Brazos Valley Equipment Company uh, in Waco, Texas was okay. the uh, the selling dealership.
0: Okay. And you would even track it back to the point that you would, I don't know how you found it out, but that it actually was a dealer-to-dealer trade from Arkansas, new before they sold it?
1: Yeah. You know, that's an interesting, um, interesting point. I'm glad you brought that up the uh, evidently and the way i'm looking at this is that it must have been a dealer dealer transfer uh the dealer uh named mckinnon implement company in dumas arkansas uh must have had the tractor originally and i think uh what happened here what triggered it was uh, my dad and and i we had a a, a liking for rice and cane tires because the high cleats on those rising cane tires uh work perfectly in conventional tillage systems mm. and the black lane clay that we had. It got you got good grip. So he was looking right. for a high cleated tire. Okay. And uh and I and I guess uh that's rice country there in uh Dumas, Arkansas or nearby, and that side tractor evidently was transferred down from that dealership to uh to the dealership in Waco and that's okay. where my dad took delivery of mm. Yep.
0: Very cool. And in your walk-around video,
1: um,
0: I just love the originalness, Larry, and you did a, a great job pointing that out. Uh, now, the tires, like you say, those are the original tires? Did I catch that right?
1: Yes. Um, in some of the provenance that we have, uh, there's a sheet, and I, and I think it's a build sheet, uh, John Deere build sheet, uh, that shows uh, all the options that came on the tractor, and the tractor As you see it in that video is how it was delivered, Hmm. Uh, and there's a certain code for rice and cane tires. And uh, forgive me, I can't remember that code off the top of my head right now, but um, uh, it is shown uh, on that uh, on that piece of paper, that document, that those are the original tires that came with that tractor, and evidently the front tires. Are a little wider than uh, what normally came on the forty nine fifty five. From what I understand, from from speaking with another resource, yes, but they're the all original there
0: and the original toolbox.
1: Yeah, yeah the uh, the toolbox that mounts on the side. um, I had taken it off before we had sent it in to the dealership to have. uh, The review done on the tractor, and and I put it back on once uh, once we got it so right. back to
0: the farm. Yeah, and Larry, folks in the video, Larry opens the toolbox and shows us in there, and you know talks about his dad. I think always had a cloth in the toolbox ready to work. So, and then I uh, you went up into the cab in the video, Larry, and boy, that was that's that's the time machine stuff. Still had the plastic on the seat and an air freshener that mom had put in there. <laughs> that must have been yeah. kind of. Fun for you to crawl up in that cab. A lot of memories, I suppose, of your folks.
1: Yes. Uh, it, actually, it brought back lots of memories. And uh, for, uh, for just for the information is that the cab uh, in the Texas heat, uh, the foam and the uh, padding that uh, made your headliner mm-hmm. in the walls, it just dry rotted. So we sure. thought to put the tractor back in presentation uh, mode or, or, or appearance, uh, that we would have the cab redone, right. so we did, and uh, and put it back together that way. And then the the original plastic that covered the seat is uh, the seat is original. Yep. Uh, that plastic, uh, my dad took uh, real good care of equipment. It was just kind of in his DNA. Yep. Uh, he put some uh, towels over the seat and sat on it, but left the seat covered in plastic. And, and remnants of it are still there. My mom put an air freshener in the in the on the he, uh, not the headliner, but. On the uh, console facing there, right. you could see it and, uh, you know, and that was left there, kind of uh, as a remembrance uh, to her right. And then uh, behind the seat is a uh, small little whisk broom, uh, just a small broom that my dad would always take, mm. and care on the tractors and sweep them out at the end of the day if there was dust or dirt on the floor and and uh, just making sure everything was tidy before. Uh, ended
0: the workday right well again folks watch for this machine repeat youtube video i'll try to get it out close to when the podcast episode comes out here so you can see this tractor and again larry and his, his family there looking at maybe selling it whether private or auction but larry this we got a cool story to tell here now again you you live in brookings south dakota and yes. you're you're a retired uh, commodity trader many uh, it- years in the business
1: Yes, uh, roughly 32 plus
0: years, yes. Okay, so you're sitting there in, in Brookings, South Dakota, and the tractor is down in West Texas on the farm where you grew up. Now, Correct. you you actually, when you called me, you said, Pete, I'm going down there to do, you know, put together all the history on it and get the videos and talk to the dealer and all the good stuff. Now, that's quite a drive in and of itself, but you to tell folks, Larry, what did you drive down there?
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I drove a 1985 Chevrolet Silverado C30, basically a one-ton or what Chevrolet called at the time a big dually. And uh, this is a standard cab truck, uh, basically what some folks say is a working men's truck. It's a single cab, and uh, it's got a 454 automatic in it. And uh, that belonged to my dad, and I bought it from the estate. Uh, when I bought this truck, it had uh, 54,661 miles on it. Kind of like, uh, kind of like the tachometer in that John Deere 4955 with 958 hours. Just not a lot of use. Right, right. And uh,
0: um, now, had was, you uh, had you taken it, set sail across country with it before, uh, yeah. or not?
1: No, no. Uh, When I bought it from the estate, uh, I had it shipped uh, to Garrett's in South Dakota to a group there called the Under the Hood Radio Guys. They run a nationwide radio program about car repair, and they did the work on it. Okay, And uh, they got it in mechanical uh, sound order for me, because I I told them what I was going to do, and uh, just kind of... uh, as a tribute to my dad, and to know that I can do it, the way things were taken care of on the farm, the way we took care of things, yep. uh, just replace some of the dry rotted hose and and replace the parts that needed to, and and uh, yeah, that's how I made my venture down. Generally, uh, about a 16-hour drive for me from uh, Brookings. I drive straight through to uh, to West when I go.
0: 16 hours. I bet you got some looks tooling down the the highways and byways in your 85 Chevy C30. And what is that a two-tone? What color scheme?
1: Yeah, that is. Uh, it was a special edition um, that came out from Chevrolet. It's a two-tone color. Uh, Indian bronze is the top color, and the lower color is doe skin tan.
0: Doe skin tan. Uh, mm.
1: The uh, the truck is great. Yeah, I got lots of uh, <laughs> lots of comments on the way down, and and uh, I started out from the house at three thirty, and I got about an hour and fifteen minutes into the drive, and ended up in Braceford, South. South Dakota, just south of Sioux Falls, and I yeah. had, uh, had, a, had a breakdown, and oh, wow. uh, I, uh, I, it was my fault. Um, when uh, when the service work was being done, I told them not to uh, pull the gas tanks off and drain them and clean them. I just said, just drain the old gas out, and I'll deal with the sediment, because sure. it's nothing other than changing a filter every now and then. But uh, yeah. I had the filters with me, but I didn't have my tools. Mm, so, okay. uh, so I, I sat in the parking lot of CarQuest in Braceford, uh South Dakota until they opened uh, so I lost three and a half hours but I uh, got back on the road after changing the fuel filter out and I changed it a couple more times on the trip but uh, uh, my trip turned in from basically 15, 16 hours into a 22 hour trip but it's, right. it's okay it's, it's it, it, but the truck made it there was no issues uh it was just operator error my fault for not bringing my tools and I had the parts
0: well I love the shout out to your dad to take that baby down there to see his tractor that's that's awesome um now you're not selling the pickup are you Larry uh
1: you know i'm I'm uh or are I'm you on the fence about that one too oh, okay it's, okay uh, I'm I've, I've got a pretty good emotional attachment to it but um, Right now, it's uh, it's just one of those things sure. that I'd like to, uh, I don't know, I guess uh, for me, it's part of uh, a grieving process of kind right. of bringing it back to life. Right. And then once I get it to that point, and I'm pretty much there, uh, I may just say maybe someone else would have enjoyment out of it, right. such as I did in my dad.
0: Right. Well, I, I love that, Larry, and it's, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool stuff to drive that down to back home to West Texas and... Um, Now, the tractor, it's kind of the same approach there. Again, like you took it into the local dealership and, um, you know, they were whatever, the hoses, whatever, needed to be a little brushed up there. But you got it back. Now, the tractor is still in Texas, is that correct?
1: Yes, tractor is still in Texas, and uh, that's where it will remain until uh, we decide uh, what direction we're going to go with it.
0: Right. Well, when you reached out, and after talking a little bit, I... I relayed the interest that we've been seeing on these this vintage from the late seventies through the kind of into the early nineties. Now originalness is huge in those low hours, and then with the with the story on it, you've got a pretty valuable tractor there, Larry. And again, you're you and the family you're you haven't quite decided yet if you're going to take it to auction or maybe try and sell it private.
1: Yeah, it'll. Um It'll go one one direction
0: or the other, uh, but sure. it will be sold. Um, okay. So, well, folks, if you're listening and you're interested in either the tractor, the 1990 4955 two wheel, 958 hours, one owner, or the 85 Chevy C30, uh, big dually of Larry's, uh, just hit me up on machine repeat. Send me an email or a an note, and I can get you in touch with Larry here. And and Larry, we'll we'll be in touch if you do decide to take it to auction you let me know and we'll we'll get the word out there too
1: okay thanks a lot i appreciate it
0: yeah And just uh any other thoughts on um going back to the farm larry just to, to see the tractor and and then just your thoughts from talking to the people reacting to the tractor yeah. under a thousand hours
1: yeah yeah just uh, just a, a flood of thoughts come to mind uh Uh, When the tractor came back from the dealership and uh, I shot the videos there, it was, it was great that, uh, you know, the old adage or the saying of nothing runs like a deer. Uh, Mm. When that tractor cranks up, you can tell there's just raw power there. Mm. And uh, uh, my cousins that uh, farmer ground now uh, today, uh, they knew a, a lot about the tractor. They said, yeah, it's. Definitely, uh, they told me before I took it in. They said that thing's got less than a thousand hours on it, mm. or if it doesn't. It's got less than fifteen hundred, definitely. And because they knew, they knew my dad, right. there in the area, and, uh, and it a- was just—it was really nice to see it there, uh, kind of moving around on the yard. It right. was, uh, brought back a lot of memories.
0: So, what was it, where was it stored on the farm? Did you did your dad have uh, one place all the tractors were kept, or it was just was it off in a corner all these years had not been running or
1: yeah it's uh it's stored in a enclosed shop uh roof and four walls um and uh protected from the sun and the elements et cetera. Okay. so uh when it sat there uh, that was one thing uh that uh, when it when it when we took it out of the shop obviously it had years of dust on it and uh when it delivered to the dealer uh, the dealer, after they finished the work, um, they said, "You know, hey, don't wash it. Just leave it alone. Right.
0: Original. This
1: thing, this, this thing really doesn't need a wash. Right. The condition that it's in." And I said, "Okay." I said, "We'll, we'll go with it." I said, "That sounds pretty good." So, whatever uh, the heavy dust that was on it uh, was right. air, air blown off or wind blown off on the on the ride down to the dealership and and back. But it still has a little bit of dust on it. But uh, nothing to hurt anything right so.
0: and i want to talk a little bit about your dad there you know you mentioned earlier in the setup you were talking about pulling the eight row planner and something the dad had modified your dad he was a farmer but he was an industrious guy why don't you tell us i mean he had other things going on in, in business am i remembering that right
1: yeah um uh, a lot of things i think um uh, uh, from uh, being born in 1924. Uh, He was telling me about at age six where he and his twin brother uh, bought a Model T truck, and they brought it home, they cut the frame down, they forged the frame back together, and made like a Jeepster out of it. Hmm. And uh, I found that uh, hard to believe at age six. And I told him, he goes, no, no, he says, that's fact. And uh, sure enough, uh, uh, in a discussion with he and, and my uncle who came over for a visit. We were talking about it, and my uncle confirmed me. He said, oh, yeah, he said, we did that. And he said, yeah, six years old. That's right. And he said, and furthermore, he said, we took it for a spin. And he said, as we were slowing down the turn, he said the kingpin on the uh, front spindle of the driver's side, he said it snapped. And I guess those kingpin bolts on a Model T are snapped pretty regular. But uh, long story short, uh, they about turned it over. And my mm. uncle added... He said, yeah. He said, after that episode, he said, your dad looked at me and said, it's all yours, brother. And he, <laughs> gave, he gave it to me.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> so, awesome.
1: So, yeah. you know, and then uh, moving on to preteen years, he designed a um, a frame that flexed on an F-12 farmall for cultivating because there in uh, central Texas, you farmed on the contour with terraces and channels. Hmm. And, uh, you know, back then, uh, 20s and 30s, when you dropped the plow, it was pretty rigid. Right. Uh, you adjusted shanks for height, but there was no flexibility in the frame of the implement itself. And he uh, invented this and attached it to an F-12 farmall. And uh, I'll, I'll try and get you a picture of that. And, wow. Uh, then from there, he... Uh, he off, uh, Came, went to World War II and uh came back and uh the family farm was uh not big enough to to feed everybody there were six people in the family sure. six kids so uh he struck out on his own and uh, became an entrepreneur and uh became the owner and operator of his own tractor repair shop there in the town of West hmm. and uh continued uh, working on tractors and equipment uh and not so much on the farm at that time but um uh, he in, he invented a, another frame on an Oliver 77 for a planter that had the fl- same flexibility as the F-12 cultivator. Hmm. And um, then uh, he met my mom and uh, married her and uh, stayed stayed as an owner of the, uh, the tractor repair shop. And then uh, a couple of years after that, he decided to switch careers and he went to work for a tractor supply company. He was a Waco, Texas store manager there oh, for 11 years.
0: I'll be darned. What was the name of his store uh, do you remember the name of the store uh
1: his personal store I don't know uh i I don't know if it was uh Joe Holly jr's repair. I don't know sure. if it was my track repair. I was looking for documents and in, in fact um I think I have some documents and uh and there's just a box that I haven't gone through uh, right. yet but oh.
0: he started the business what year did you say?
1: Uh, that would have been nineteen forty, forty-five,
0: forty-six. Wow! And then, how many years did he work with Tractor Supply there?
1: Yeah, he he stopped his business in fifty, and I think he started with the Tractor Supply there in nineteen fifty through nineteen sixty-one.
0: Fifty to sixty-one. Okay. And am I remembering right, Larry? You told me also a local equipment company. I can't remember if they were on the tillage side, but got to know your dad and actually wanted to hire him as, like, a, a basically an engineer, a field engineer.
1: Yeah, um, Mohawk Plow Company. Uh, and uh, forgive me, I, I think they were headquartered in Temple, Texas. Okay. Uh, I think that's correct. I uh, could be wrong on that one. But, uh, yeah, they, he bought a couple of Mohawk plows from him and uh, had a couple of design changes. And he let them know what his design changes were, and they were pretty intrigued. And when they uh, delivered the plows to the farm, uh, the uh, the folks there from Mohawk came out and uh, they had a conversation with him and offered him an engineering job, but he wasn't uh, ready to to quit farming, sell the farm, hmm. and move to an engineering desk job. So uh, he said, "Hey, thanks, no thanks, but I'm going to continue farming." And and uh, hmm. they they approached him again a second time, and they asked him if he would reconsider and uh, become a field engineer where he could continue to farm and and then uh, take his ideas and put them on paper for Mohawk. And uh, he he turned that down. He was uh, gracious and and, uh, thankful for the offers, but he felt more that uh, his heart was in farming and it Mm. allowed him to kind of uh, expand his his ideas and think about what he wanted to do and and build and invent uh, while he was there on the farm versus uh being in in a, in a full-time basis.
0: So he really he did have farming and was truly in his heart.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, when he uh they, they bought the 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 our home place uh was in the late 50s and uh when he finished his career with Tractor Supply and uh went into uh full-time farming uh on our home place uh I guess it was about 8 years later. Uh, well, one of his accomplishments uh, of notoriety was uh, growing the first bale of cotton in McLennan County in uh, 1971, mm. and then uh, he accomplished that feat two more times in his career, and then uh, then we, we stopped uh, planting cotton. Then thereafter, uh, the markets just became too... Uh, uh, not too farmer-friendly right. uh, from a profitability standpoint. So, but you sent
0: uh, me some pictures of your dad back in the day. That was a big deal back down, down there. What was the publication that would that would run the stories on the first cotton bale?
1: You know, uh, the local papers uh, would do that. Uh, there may have been some other, other publications involved, um, but I don't think they would have been consistent. It was more sure. of a, a local uh, celebration for the county. Um, in the state of Texas, most of the counties that produce cotton, they they had a first bale uh, celebration mm-hmm. or accomplishment, uh, and then of course a, a lot of that has died off. But uh, at the time um, when uh, when he got his first bale in '71, uh, that uh, that goal, that accomplishment or feat, had been celebrated for well over a hundred years there wow. in that area.
0: Very cool. Again, I'll get some of the great pictures that Larry sent to me folks in the YouTube video about the forty nine fifty five and cool background story on um, Larry's dad. Joe, so again, well and thank you for telling us the background on, on your father, Larry. That's uh, always fine with pieces of equipment when you can tie any kind of that personal history about the farm or the folks who own that tractor that it just is meaningful. So thank you for sharing that about your father. And now so we got the 1990 4955 2 wheel drive 958 hours the 85 Chevy C30 Silverado are there any other items that you and the family are looking to sell or is it just kind of those two at this point Larry
1: Well um just uh, w- one other item to uh, speak of is uh, a 1998 Ford F150 um the only thing that's really special about that, I guess, is what you would say is that it was uh, low miles also. Mm. Uh, after uh, after um, my, my dad passed away in 2015, my mom passed away in 2017, um, the F-150 became part of the estate, and I was using it as a commu- commuter from South Dakota to Texas before the uh, Chevrolet Dewey, and uh, it, it had 75,000 miles on it. Okay. Uh, it's a great truck. Uh, we're we're still using it there on the farm. Sure. And then uh, as to uh, as to uh, other equipment and things is, I'll I'll just say there'll be things to come. I things think, to come. Yeah, I think you'll be very happy.
0: Okay. Well, Larry, thank you so much for reaching out a couple weeks ago and and uh, bringing the tractor forward in the and telling me the story. I I know our audience will love it, and uh, I think you have a highly sought you have a very uh, unique tractor that. A lot of people will be interested in learning about and purchasing. And, again, I, I thank you, Larry. And we'll get the YouTube video out. So if folks are interested, we'll funnel them your way. And, um, yeah, keep me posted on your plans if you decide to sell at auction so we can get the word out for you,
1: okay? Will do. Thank you very much for your time, and I appreciate this opportunity.
0: All right. Take care, Larry. Well, I hope you enjoyed our barn fine tractor story, folks. That 1990 John Deere 4955 two-wheel drive from Texas, 958 hours. So fun to hear the family story on it, and again, thank you to Larry for sharing it. Now, folks, if you're interested in this tractor or the 1985 Chevy C30 totally cool vintage pickup that Larry's looking to possibly sell, just reach out and let me know. You go to machinerypete.com. There's an email link. You can drop a note and say, hey, Pete, I'm interested in that tractor or the truck. Uh, Or my direct email is just greg at machinerypete.com. Or hit me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you... Watch our stuff, and I will be posting a Machine Repeat YouTube video with with uh, Larry's walk around and commentary, so you can visually see this 4955. Totally cool. But again, thanks for joining us this week, folks. And again, thank you to our sponsor KSH for making the the show possible. And uh, tell you what, we will see you back here uh, next time.